Hey everybody, this is Q the Abolitionist. And Crypto Gumbo. This is episode 20 of Unshackled Liberty. Today, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. Uh, yesterday, I, well, we're recording this on a Saturday. This will be released on a Sunday. So today is May 2nd. It'll be released on May 3rd. So we're going to talk about May 1st. And May 1st, there was a, uh, uh, a reopen Hawaii rally at the state capitol. And I got a number of interviews, so you'll, we'll be starting the show with some of those interviews first, and then we're going to get into what what I saw and what what occurred at the rally, uh, with uh, you know that I was a witness to. So hopefully you enjoy that. Hopefully that's something you're into, and you stick around and listen to the show. Thank you for your time. So my name is Jim Hopeberg. I live in East Honolulu. My wife and I depend on each other for support. I'm a lawyer by trade. I'm a Christian by faith. Um, I actually am a subtenant in a law firm that has a floor and a half. Mm. Lawyers, for some reason, are essential workers. So we're able to work. We're all mostly <laughs> working from home. I mean, I think lawyers that do estate planning and they got people dying are probably essential. Yeah. And lawyers that do criminal defense work are probably essential because those cases are still going on. They're, but I'm, yeah, it's up. just kind of all the lawyers. So that's the way that they did that. Um. I love being a lawyer. My ministry as a Christian is to keep the way open for the spreading of the gospel because I will sue the state in court if they interfere. And I've done it many, many times. I've been doing it here since the 80s. Um, the stay-at-home order has affected me because it's affected everybody's ability to retain professional services. Yeah. You know, uh, it's affected my firm greatly. Um, I think it's, I, I am not a medical professional, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know that it's exactly the time to open everything. Like I think there are some businesses maybe that need more data, but with the data that we do have about Hawaii, being out in the middle of the ocean, having so few reported cases that the CDC doesn't include Hawaii's data in their state-by-state -state listing, they cut it off at 1,000. There are like, I think, eight states that are less than a thousand mm -hmm. cases. They're not even on the list. Yeah. We have less than 20 people that passed away. Of course, the obligatory, it's terrible when anybody dies. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's time for this government to be very honest with us because if the position that they took to continue for a full 31 days without any information of what we're going to find out over the weekend in terms of new data. Yeah new medication, new uh, breath of spread in the community, how they could just say 31 days. That what they should be doing is saying, we're going to keep it open a week at a time or something reasonable. But I think that they better not, as far as I'm concerned. If our governor and the mayors and the legislative folks in this town who have sued President Trump more than 10 times and lost every one of them for his <laughs> actions as president, if they're doing this to us just because they don't like him and they don't want to supposedly help his re-election campaign or whatever, they ought to be voted out. And that's a big problem here. We don't do that, and they know we don't do that. Yeah. So they don't care what we say. But I'm here because I want them to care what we say. Very good. Um, and if the mayor and our uh, governor were standing right here at the Capitol, I would tell them, what's the data? that you're relying on for your extension for the whole month of May. What is the data? And don't tell me I'm waiting for a vaccine 
don't tell me we have to wipe out because that's not data that's wishing right i want data what is the data that back supports the decision thanks very good okay thank you so much for your time i appreciate it all right we're recording now Noah. go ahead buddy all right i'm noah i'm from ever beach um I do have other family members living with me, but I do not support them. We support our own. Um, what do I do for a living? I'm a college student. Um, I'm also, I work in retail. Um, how many people work with me? We have a small team of about maybe a few guys, maybe about nine at most. Yeah. Um, what I love most about my job is the people I get to work with. Um, this stay home order has affected me. My hours got cut first and then I got cut from my job totally. And then why do I believe that we should get back to work because I need money. I need to support myself eventually. What would I like to say to Mayor Caldwell and Governor Ige? Open up this, open up the state and open up the city because now we're drawing the line where it ends. Okay, right on, buddy. Thank you so much. Here you go, bud. All right. Hi, my name is Cheryl. I live here in Oahu, over on the Kapolei side right now. <laughs> Um, yeah, I have family. My whole family moved here, almost all of them, um, from California, and uh, and we relocated mostly to Big Island. Um, open up! Open up! Open up! And um, I am a landlord. And, uh, wow, the cops are really out here right now. <laughs> I'm a landlord, and I also take care of my son who has a brain injury. That's why I'm here in Oahu. He uh, was doing self-defense on Big Island and got, I would, in unjustly put over here in Oahu, and it's been four and a half years now. And, uh... Uh, how many people live with me, or, oh, work with me? Well, I'm also a professional addictions counselor. I do counseling online and that sort of thing. So it's very individual. Um, let's see. This stay-at-home order, it has caused me depression. Uh, my son has a brain injury, as I said, and so the place that he goes all the time was shut down. And... Uh, it's been horrible. He's been very depressed. Nowhere to go, nothing to do. Feeling like we're going to get in trouble if we go anywhere. He doesn't know about social distancing, so it doesn't make sense to him. Um, and he gets in trouble, like if we stand in a line, because he's too close to people. Uh, let's see. Time to get back to work. Well, our economy is being destroyed. That's why. This is totally... The latest CDC report, according to new criteria, is that Hawaii has zero uh, deaths. And they've shut down a whole entire state and destroyed an economy over a farce. Not that the virus isn't a farce. Lots of people I know have had it. It's pretty serious. But this is not the way to handle it, to destroy an economy. Um, what would I like to say to the mayor and the governor? That... Uh, why are you trying to destroy this entire state? Uh, people will rise up. They will not.
tolerate this. This is not your right. You need to get out of office. You you need to rethink what you're doing. And uh, today is going to be monumental because the walls are going to come tumbling down. Hopefully. Thank you so much. Hey guys, I got my I got my friend Raf Soto here. I was telling you about him last yeah. time about uh, you know, he opened up his church and and there for a while and, and uh, had a service in person. I'm going to go ahead and hand him uh, the questions here. And, and uh, you know, it's kind of loud out here, so I'm just going to let you read off that list and uh, just speak into the mic here, buddy. Yeah. My name is Rafael Soto. Um, live in Eva Beach. And I'm out here supporting uh, our state of Hawaii. I think it needs to open up. I think a lot of people are hurting. A lot of people are going through hardship. And I don't think what's happening is right. I think Mayor Caldwell and Governor Ige uh, need, to, need to put the people first, all politics aside, and uh, start caring about the people of Hawaii. And uh, I have a family, and uh, my wife's out here with me, and uh, we have four kids. And uh, That's it? They had like 40 kids. <laughs> We're working towards 40, brother. We're working towards 40. <laughs> and uh, those kids are depending on me for support. And uh, I'm glad that I'm still able to work. And uh, I pastor the church over at Kai Point Baptist Church, and God has been good there. But there are many people that are suffering and can't support their families. And I think it's ridiculous that we keep shutting this government down and, and keep people from working and living their life that they that they, they want to live. They need to start listening to people. What do I do for a living? You already told them I, I'm yeah, a pastor. Did. Yeah, I know. I'm a pastor, I just brother. Kind of the note. Yeah, <laughs> How many people work with me? I have a good congregation, brother. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm probably the only staff member there, but we have a good amount of people in our church, and many of them are, are hurting as well. Many of them are struggling. And we might look at this as just a, a financial thing, but no, many people are, are, are struggling uh, physically and mentally, they want that. They want that fellowship. They want that, that that community, and they're not able to get that. And that's why you know we opened up our church and we continue to hold services. And uh, again, we're pressing on and, and looking forward to how, how we can work through this and, and help the people. So, you good? I'm good, brother. Is there anything else you want to say to Mayor Caldwell or Governor Ige? Open it up or get out. Seriously. If you're not going to work for the people and you're not going to help the people of Hawaii and do what we, we, we want you to do, then just get out. We'll I find like somebody it. else who's going to do the job. I like it. Right on, man. Thank you so much. Aloha. My name is Kara Soto. I live in Eva Beach, Hawaii. Um, I have a husband and four others, four children, beautiful children. And um, my husband is a pastor, so... I stay home and um, I do um, office work for the church, I do outreach work, I do um, Bible studies with um, people that work, um, that come to our church. And um, what I love most about my job is that, um, I don't even know if you'd say it's a job, but um, we get to stand there with all the answers in the Bible and, and give them to people. And people are, are looking for hope and they're looking for hope right now but i'll be honest they've always been looking for hope and um if they want it in jesus boy we can sure um turn their day around in their life and so um this stay-at-home order has been um trying to think of the the correct word because um it's been almost fatal it feels fatal it feels completely detrimental um to the church and because it's detrimental to the church it's um, harming the entire community our country was founded on church and Bible and being able to assemble and so um, no the church doesn't answer to the state <gasps> but um, but if people are too afraid to come out 
if people are too afraid to come out to church, then um, there's not much we can do to, to reach them and to help them and let them know that there is hope um, beyond what this world is offering. Um, we, we, at first, we didn't realize what this virus was. And it was scary. There was people dying. And so everyone kind of put a freeze on life. But that was um, a long time ago. And now that we realize that it is not as deadly as we thought, and in fact, the, the survival rate is over 99%, um, it's time to reopen businesses. It's, time, it's definitely time to, to reopen churches. You can apply social distancing um, laws to churches if you feel it's necessary. Or you can just let the people decide where they're going to sit, like in a free country. Um, to Mayor Caldwell and Governor Ige, I would ask you to do what you are elected to do and, um, and stop, stop playing this political game. We the people need to get back to work. It's in the best interest for the economy. Hey, it's in the best interest for your grandkids. So if you love your family, you're going to open things up. You're going to... Um, you're going to let Americans get back to work, get back to church, and um, stop this COVID nonsense. Because what we thought it was, it isn't. And that's a blessing, and we should thank Jesus every day for that. Thank you so much. Awesome. All right, well, I'm here at the state capitol building uh, for a little protest towards our state uh, locking up the workplace, locking up the churches, locking up the schools. Uh, my name is Rob Deverell. A couple weeks ago, I uh, did a podcast with Unshackled Liberty with Q and uh, Crypto Gumbo. I'm a resident of Eva Beach. I've been a Hawaii resident for about 13 years, coming up this August. And I got a family. I got me, my wife, my son, Finn, who's about a year and a half, and a uh, baby coming in November, boy or girl. We're good with whatever. So we got, as a father, as a uh, provider for my family, you know, I got to provide for them and work and Basically, they've shut down the education uh, facilities that I've been working at and working for. Um, I work with many people. Probably, I work with many people throughout the week, probably about maybe 30 to 100 people on a regular weekly basis, uh, ministering to, helping. And uh, as of right now, praise the Lord, I haven't heard of too many people who are in need, but I do know there's some people who are in need uh, or will be coming up this week um, when their unemployment does not kick in and they're out of a job, so they're waiting on that. Um, what I love about my job is I get to help people. Um, with this whole lockdown, I'm not able to do what I'm supposed to be doing, helping people, uh, whether spiritually, mentally, even physically, giving donations or giving food to. Uh, we're unable to do that, and the state has kind of taken that over uh, with these food drives. And, you know, and I understand it's a kind act, but at the same time, we're supposed to provide for ourselves, take care of ourselves, not to rely on the state. Um, it's very important that we get back to work because if we don't work, we don't eat. Uh, again, we become de dependent on the government. And again, from a scriptural standpoint, that's not the way that God intended it to be. God says that the man is supposed to provide for his family. Uh, the Bible says that if they don't do that, then they are worse than an infidel. If I could say one thing to Mayor Caldwell and Governor Ige, that they were standing here right now, is open it up. Let us get back. Let the economy get back. Let the businesses get back. Let the churches go back. Let us have our freedoms back. So. Uh, we're out here today with a good number of people. Hopefully more people show up throughout the course of the day. So I'm looking forward to see what happens over the next couple days. Hey, Rob, thank you very much, man. Yep. Well, my name is Rob.
my primary background is, is information management. Okay. And what bothers me is that we're making decisions without good information. Without good information. Therefore, Very we're not good. knowledgeable. Yeah. And so I put together a slide 20 years ago that I used throughout the military. And it talked about the path to better decisions. There you go. And what you need is data in context gives you information. Information in context gives you knowledge. Knowledge in context gives you understanding. And with better understanding, you're going to hopefully make better decisions. And the kind of data that we're getting out right now, the information that we're getting through CDC and, and the rest of the media community is, is terrible. It's horrible, yeah. Right now... Uh, I came across a study that was done in Germany back yeah. in mid middle of April, okay. and they said only 6% of the total infected population is being reported. So if we take good numbers, relatively good numbers, yeah. deaths, and then we divide that by the number of infections, if the infections are 50% low or 60% low or 70%, we are driving a number that makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, it's Right now, it's less than 1.1% in two states yeah. have we had, based on total population, that's New Jersey and New York, that have had deaths related to their total population. Yeah. So why are 49 states not open right now for full business? I right. mean, it just is crazy. I saw, I saw a study on that note that said something that if you took lower state New York out of, out of the count, the United States doesn't even break the top 10. When yeah. it comes to total infected and all that other stuff, like obviously, so our maybe our biggest hotspot population-wise makes sense because that's where the big stuff is, Lower State, New York, right? Well, since March, March the thirtieth, I started tracking daily by state. Oh wow! I tracked population, infection, what they say now are current live, okay. uh, then the deaths and any recovery numbers, and there's a bunch of people that just aren't reporting recovery numbers because it's hard to get your hands on. Okay. On the 13th of March, I was thrown out of Breckenridge, Colorado. I had just gone there for a week's ski trip. And the city council said, visitors, get out of town. Residents, stick around. I drove from Colorado through Nebraska to Illinois, across Iowa, and came back home on the 25th of March. Wow. And I can tell you, across the board, the country is is very dynamic. I, I talked to trucks truck uh, drivers that were in truck stops and they're really frustrated that they're, we're seeing as much shut down as we are. Right on. So uh, I, I talked to a truck driver not, on my show actually not too long ago and he had he had kind of the same, I got it, he had kind of the same uh, the same position. He's very frustrated that, that, that he sees all this and he believes that we're doing we're doing much better than, 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 than the media would have us believe. Would you agree? I would. I would say that this whole issue, if we had had the same kind of tracking in the media for the in influenza and the flu numbers, we would have had people equally knee-jerking over this for years. But the numbers just aren't there. No, they're not. They're not. And I think the fact that it looks like this came out of China is worthy of some consideration. That's, that's something to think about. You're right. You're right. Hey, I never got your name. You don't have to share it if you don't want to. Sure, the name's Chris. Chris? Right yeah. on. Okay. Thanks. Thank you so much. So now we're going to have, have Gumbo kind of ask me a few questions about the rally, and if there's anything that, that, that uh, we need to add to it, I will uh, as we go. So what's up, man? How you doing, buddy? Uh, sorry I wasn't there. Yeah, 
it, you're, it's probably a good thing you weren't there because I know the two of us feed off of each other. One of us would have gone to jail. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I, 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 I text Q a little bit after, and I didn't hear if the, you know, the comms were silent. I was like, man, silence about the net. I need to check if this dude got arrested or not. <laughs> but looks like uh, looks like you're good to go, man. I'm glad yeah. you didn't get arrested, but I'm glad no, you were there. It was close, man. It was close a couple times. Actually, no, it wasn't. I'm making that up. They, they, left, me, they left me alone. I feel like... Uh, I guess I'll just give you a quick rundown, um, and then you can ask me any questions if, if you okay. want. But uh, yeah, so the thing started at noon, you know, Friday afternoon started at noon. I rolled in about seven thirty. So those of you guys that, that aren't familiar with Honolulu County, we functionally we have two types of law enforcement here. We have the uh, Honolulu Police Department, which which is for our Honolulu city and county, and then we have the Hawaii State Sheriff's Department. So that's a little bit weird. Most states have like a Highway Patrol. Or a state troopers that's like the state police and then each county has their own sheriff and then each city or municipality has their own their own police department right as as they need it right so uh we're a little bit different here so our sheriff is state and our county has a police force and um so the state capital is is uh sheriff's jurisdiction and the street outside the state capital is honolulu honolulu police department jurisdiction so I showed up a little bit early and got to talking to some of the deputies and the sheriff's deputies seemed, seemed pretty cool. Um, one of them showed me where I could use the restroom before the whole thing started out. And then, uh, and then people started rolling in. And as you know, most of these rallies are kind of weird. Um, I, uh, I go to these rallies. Mostly you guys, those who, who listen to the show know that I'm, know that I'm like a philosophical anarchist. I don't believe in the existence of the state, but I feel like we have to have like we have to find our strategic allies, we'll say, right? And uh, so we have these guys that want to reopen the state. I want to reopen the state, right? Uh, mostly because I don't think the government should even have the authority to shut it down. But yeah, that's that's kind of you know, I guess. But so we got guys there that are ready to rally, and I'm ready to support them. Um, and it was pretty weird. It was pretty funny. Like there was a guy that was all boobed out, like he had his plate carrier and um you know stretchy pants on it was kind of weird i don't know why he put his he put like looked like like nacho libre stretchy pants right and then he, and then he had like a bane like a maybe bane, he was going know. to do some yoga afterward <laughs> maybe he was dude he looked like some it but he had yoga, baby. he had his plate carrier right and it was full of magazines he had, he had obviously he had no no sidearm no rifle with him uh you know we're not allowed to carry here in hawaii so those of you guys who know we're they say technically we're a May issue state for concealed carry, but but they don't issue concealed carry permits to anybody. Um, so we're basically a shall not issue state, which is a whole other episode. We'll get into that later. But um, so he's there. He's got his plate carrier. He's got his whole kit set up, magazines. He's got his IFAC. I don't. I couldn't tell if he had. His, I didn't want to get too close to the guy, but I couldn't tell if he was if he actually had plates in, which would have been dumb if he did. But he had a he had a helmet. You know, he had a helmet on um, and a respirator, you know, a mask that looked like the Bane mask, you know. Yeah. So he was kind of he was kind of weird. At, you know, whatever, man, takes all kinds. Um, he was trying to burn those calories before that hot yoga with his place. Yeah, you're probably right. I <laughs> and and I just I listen. I watch this guy and I just go, this is why people laugh at us, you know, because <laughs> yeah. here's a guy who probably philosophically just by his garb uh almost aligns himself pretty closely with us but but he rolled out 
to the Honolulu capital, you know, in its full setup, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, this is one of those things you go, okay, this is why people laugh at us. Because it did. It looked goofy. It looked goofy yeah. as all as all get out because he was well, the only one. Not to mention that everybody's running around with masks on right now anyway and, and overkill, right? Like I was, yeah. I was seeing people with like trash bag helmets made – or uh, trash bag helmets <laughs> made out of like uh, plastic trash cans uh, trying to yeah. go to Home Depot the other day. So it's it, it's already it's already ridiculous out there. So it, on it top of that, we have this. So I was there wearing my mask. I had my I had my, uh, my little my – little, you know, protective mask over my face. And at first I was like, I'm not sure if I want to wear this. This is a re this is a reopen Hawaii rally. Maybe I should take this off just, just out of principle. But then I realized, you know, one of the things I like about this mask, and I don't know Gumbo, if I've told you this before, one of the things I like about it is, you know, with the onset of all this new face facial recognition software, that's all over the place, and it's gonna be it's gonna be coming coming to a neighborhood near you if you don't already have it. Um, these masks make it hard. You know, the other day I told you yeah. like about a week ago, I went to the bank, I had a bandana around my around my face, I had my sunglasses on and a ball cap real low, and just just as a bit of a you know kind of a poke the bear and see how far I could take it, I decided I was gonna conduct my bank uh, business like that. Until they yeah. would, until you know, I figure I go go as far as as they let me go, you know. Mm-hmm. And dude, I got in there, went right to the teller, did the transaction, walked right out. They didn't ask me to take my glasses or hat off. They didn't ask me to lower the bandana, dude. It they was st- like they still they still wanted your ID though before you made that they transaction, did, they, even though they, they can't see my, your face. <laughs> I could I could have smacked me over the head and took my. I could have been somebody else that you know with somebody else's ID, right? They wouldn't have known. But uh, yeah, man, I went right in, did it. It went right out. They didn't well, ask well, any questions. Well, think about all the all the cameras that's already up now. Anyway, everybody's desensitized to them. All the traffic cameras and stuff. So yeah. we're already it's already phased into our society where it's. I mean, if if you go online, you're there's things that they know about you that you can't hide. It's just there, there's a digital footprint that can't be hidden. Not unless you start out that way, or not unless you're really good. And that's another episode too. That's a whole different. Uh, topic but for the for the so, common person who's not trying to mask everything i mean who cares right because every all of our information is already scattered throughout the interwebs now anyway so and it's so frustrating because like you know you know it's coming right you see it coming and you knew it was coming and, and there's nothing you, you didn't do any i mean there's some things you can do to stop it of course but if you're like me and or if you're like most people you probably didn't you know yeah. you just kind of rolled with it and now you're walking around with an iphone you know I got rid of my Apple Watch. I was wearing that for a while, but I was like, you know, maybe it's too much information. They don't even know what my heart rate is all the time. They don't need to know how many calories I'm burning and what well, my just temperature so everybody is. Everybody knows out there that's listening, his heart rate is always high. I'm, I'm, I'm on the, <laughs> <laughs> that's just a little joke there. Yeah, I'm on the governor always. I'm always a little bit, little bit aggro, but uh, you know. So I'm at this, I'm at this, this rally, and and you know. It's all kinds of people there, all kinds. Um, but there were some, you know, like it's a strategic alliance, right? So you see these guys in their MAGA hats, and and I, you know, you know, you guys know already how I feel about that stuff. I don't align myself with those guys, but you know, strategic alliances for yeah. these types mm-hmm. of situations. They want to open the state. I want to open the state. Let's let's demonstrate together. Um, I but, know mega uh, people that are really cool, and I know mega people that I don't want to associate myself with, yeah, just like any other. Any other, yeah, yeah. you know, dissect it, you know, yeah. whatever. 
I guess for me, mostly it was just like I didn't want to be a. I didn't want to be. I'm pausing because I'm trying to think about how I'm, how I want to say this. Well, in the eyes of the authorities, you're yeah. you're lumped into that group. Yeah, whatever that not group just, may be. And I don't generally care too much about what other people think. You know that about me already, but yeah, yeah. Um, but there's part of me is like I really, I really don't want to be seen as as one of these Trump people, you know, and, and I get it as, you know, every, it takes all, all kinds of people. And, you know, um, I, I understand what you mean. You don't want to yeah, be yeah. Uh, labeled the typical mega yeah. hat uh, yeah. must be right leaning idiot. Yeah. I guess. No, that's, I guess <laughs> no, that's, that's one way of looking at it. But I, you know, so that was one of the things that, so I try to stay away. And what I noticed is a lot of people were trying to stay away from each other. There was still an awareness of, um, you know, your, your safe distance, you know, um, keeping, you know, everybody was like six to 10 feet away from each other at any given time. So do you think that was because of the social distancing or was it because, uh-oh, we need to keep a, I need to be able to sprint just in case the boys in blue come after me? Well, I don't know, man. Um, you're calling me. I'm, I'm calling you? Oh, well, hey, what's up, dude? I'm going to go ahead and not, I'm going to ignore that. So, yeah. So if anybody was wondering, for some reason, uh, Gumbo tried to call me on my phone while he's talking to me. I didn't do that. That was from an an earlier Discord. uh, We was trying to figure out our Discord platform. uh, We're having comms issues. So I didn't mean to call you. That wasn't me just now. My bad. I'll check. But no. It, so I think it was just an awareness that that even though we want to reopen Hawaii, uh, there's still maybe it's not a bad idea to have a little bit of distance. But and everything was good, dude. It was weird, but it was good. And I and I got a few interviews in while while we we're uh, while we we're doing that. And then and then the cops showed up, and it got bad. It got bad. Like the cops, I tell you, um, I'm all you know. The cops the, the cops showed up and they started harassing people there's no other word for it they started harassing people like you know we were all distancing ourselves correctly and we all had you know some of us chose not to wear masks and and okay that's a personal choice and like i said i wore mine simply because i just the facial recognition thing i might want to yeah probably i'm going to start demonstrating when i demonstrate i'll demonstrate like that in general just just for safe safety reasons but um do you think you're going to be lumped into like the antifa folk or well, but I am, something like but that I, well, so, but like if you, so, so here's a funny thing. I am Antifa, right? Not like those idiots that call themselves but, but, Antifa, but, but I'm but anti-fascist, right? Like, so yeah, I guess, well, you know, whatever. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, I, I know what you're trying to say. And, yeah. and I'm not worried about that, I guess, because as long as, as long as I stay away from those guys, we don't have an Antifa problem here in Hawaii. No. Do, do you remember have, whenever... Do you remember whenever the uh, the whole Occupy movement was happening? Do you remember how people went crazy here? How you would go drive downtown and everybody was doing the whole Occupy movement thing? And that was before I was. That was that was years ago, right? How how long ago was that? I don't that was know, man, but I, three, I four, sat five. back and I remember yeah, so, thinking to myself, "This is all private. If this was just private property, people would just be hosing off their sidewalks." You know. Yeah. So, so, so <laughs> at that, yeah, yeah. At that time in my head, I was in a different place than I am now, right? Uh, I was I was younger. It was a few years ago, three, four, five years ago, like I said. But I remember seeing these people, and I'm not bagging on anybody. I'm just telling you from memory what I observed. And this is what I observed. Yes, there was some legitimacy. Uh, it was legitimate for the uh, 
the Occupy movement, I get it. You're going to have people for and against anytime there's any kind of movement. But I remember not caring much, you know. I think I was still active duty then or something. Uh, I don't remember where, when it was. But I remember uh, thinking, look at all these idiots. And I remember thinking, I remember noticing that it was a lot of the uh, local homeless populations getting involved in it just, just to stir it up, you know, because, of course, they don't like the authorities or the cops because the cops is always screwing with their with their little camps that they build, right? So that's what I would be scared of if I were to go were to go to like some sort of protest or something. We're going to be lumped into one category, and that's these people are troublemakers. They're here to rape, pillage, and destroy, and aggravate us fine citizens. Do you get what I'm saying? That's yeah. how. That's probably how that uh, the authorities see that, and I'm not saying I'm for it. I'm just saying if I went to one of those, I wouldn't be surprised if I come out beat up or arrested. That's all I'm saying, because all it was, would take is me to say one wrong thing. Oh, well, violence. Boom. You know, <laughs> we would have if you were there yesterday, we one of us would have been arrested because I, I know I know how we are together. Right. The one of the reasons why we decided to do a show together is, uh, you know, we feed off each other. Right. So yeah. so I would have noticed something or you would have noticed something, said something. And and then we just would have one up each other until one of us was in bracelets, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> And 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 that wouldn't have been the bad part. Going home afterward would have been the bad part. Oh that's the real punishment. <laughs> hey, hey Gumbo, my truck keys are in my right front pocket. Can you drive my truck home so I don't get it towed, please? You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> and then tell my wife that maybe she should come downtown and bail me out. Yeah. That would go over <laughs> real well. Yeah, dude. So I was there, and, and the cops showed up, and they started muscling people. You remember Rob? We we uh, we interviewed Rob um, yeah, yeah. last week. Was it last week? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and he, man, there was a cop that caught his scent and wouldn't leave him alone, dude. He was he was there, and you know he's doing a respectful thing. He's a youth pastor. He's not causing any yeah. trouble, you know. So so just so everybody knows, Rob is a beautiful human being. He's a very calm. And he, before he does anything, he's going to think about it. He's going to calculate it. He, he, and he's always well-mannered and calm. I mean, he's preaching the gospel most of the time, so he's not yeah. trying to stir up a problem. He's trying to bring you to Jesus. So just to give you a little bit of insight on how that might have went down. Yeah. So he, the cop showed up, and, you know, Rob had a shirt wrapped around his face. He looked like a hood, I guess, but, but he was very respectful. I mean, he did, dude. He looked like, he looked like a pretty he looked like a thug. He had basketball shorts on. Now I look back on it. He looked like one of them skinny white boys is going to try to start a fight. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, I gotta but he wasn't doing. I gotta prove he, myself. But that, but that's what he was look. That's what he looked like, I guess. But he wasn't doing anything wrong. He he wasn't. He certainly. I noticed. I observed. At one point, the cop told him to disperse, and as Rob turned to walk away, a cop, the same cop, walked around and got in his way, like stood in front of him, like trying to initiate contact. And, All it uh, takes is one one little show. Yeah. Oh yeah, and and it's, and it's just like, oh, no. And I'm watching this go. Oh no, my buddy's going to jail, right? Like I'm watching this happen. So, trying to get him, you know, trying to stay. Uh, you know, I'm observing and recording a lot of this stuff too. And oh, by the way, if you guys want to follow me on Instagram at Q the Abolitionist, there's some there's some pictures and video from from the event. You guys can can uh, go, go go follow me on Instagram. You'll see it. And I mean, there's other sources too. You don't have to just look at my stuff, but that's you know that's where it is. And um, so I'm watching this happen and recording some of it and trying to get some things, you know, get some interviews done. And 
man, I, what I noticed, one of the biggest things I noticed about Honolulu Police Department is they almost had no interest in talking to people who looked like would be a handful for them, okay. right? Okay. So they harassed women, moms, old ladies. Um, uh, you know, I don't want to. You know, my, my my dear friend Rob Deverell, but he's 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 not he's not the biggest most opposing guy you you've met, right? You know, so he's uh you know, so they they were harassing the people they thought that they could manhandle, and uh, but I wouldn't imagine they would harass you because you 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 wouldn't and, you would see <laughs> how much so do you weigh. Like, Four hundred and fifty pounds of pearl muscle. I well, so I'm 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 uh, in my at my biggest point. I was two seventy. I'm I'm down to two fifty five right now. Mostly because I can't lift right now. The gym, I can't go lift. But uh, yeah, so um, but guys like me, and you know, Pastor Raf Soto, right? Another friend of ours. Um, you guys like me and him and others that look like. You know, look, enough cops are going to put me in. A, they're going to put me in handcuffs. They're going to put yeah. me on the ground. It, it's going to take a couple of them, but they can do it, right? Like it's it's okay. I, I, I'm not the guy that thinks I'm not Superman here. I'm not going to beat up all the cops, and nor would I try, right? But just realistically, it's going to take a couple of them. You know? Yes. And, uh, so and, just so you know, Q's a big dude, and and <laughs> and if they're probably not going to, like you said, they're they're looking for an an easy case. You know, yeah. somebody easy they to were, take down. And they were bullying people, is what it was, and they were going after the people that they could harass because. Um, they just weren't going to deal with me in the same way. And maybe they were just getting all the easy ones out of the way and they were going to come back for seconds with me. Maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know that maybe that was a plan, but, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was pretty bad, dude. They, they ended up with three arrests. They cited five people. Uh, we had probably 150 people there and, um, it really just came down to everything was good until the cops showed up. Yeah. So, and so then, what they were arrested because of what? Yeah. Right. I don't know. I don't know what the charge was. Or- for for being guess, gathering, but if, yeah. if you were saying everybody was the social distancing, yeah, right? it was good. It was and so that what I guess some of them were saying that they were arrested. I had a there was a guy that I wanted to let me see if I can. There was a guy that I wanted to try and interview. Let me see if I can get him on the thing. Oh wow! Guess who just got a hold of me? Who? Kevin McDonald. Kevin McDonald, Kevin McDonald, the guy that got arrested, he just got oh, a hold of me. Okay. Do you want okay. Do you want to pause this recording and see if I can get a hold of him? Yeah, yeah, do that. Let's take a break. All right. Yeah, we'll take a break. Sign hopefully, off, we, hopefully, we, hopefully, we come back with somebody. Yeah, All right. That'd be on. cool. Yeah. Hey everybody, we're back, and uh, we have a we have a very uh, interesting guest um, with us today. And and this gentleman was we were talking a little bit about the reopen Hawaii rally that took place at the Capitol building yesterday or on uh, on Friday. And uh, this is Kevin McDonald. Am I saying your name right, Kevin? That's correct. Now Kevin was arrested by the Honolulu Police Department. Is that correct? Yes, I was. Can uh, did you want to get into some detail on that and how that went down? What did they charge you? Um, with, I just thought it was really odd, for sure. Um, you know, we, there yeah. were close to 200 of us down there at the time, and the police uh, pulled up with about 10 cars, and they huddled up, and they, they, I guess they went over some strategy. And then they came, and they sort of came out and started uh, dispersing the crowd and telling them that they had to leave. And, uh, and there was nothing about uh, social distancing 
or um, wearing masks, which most of us, I'd say probably probably 75 to 80 percent of us were wearing masks and, and practicing That's good great. social distancing. Um, but they they didn't seem to care about that at all. They said that the protest itself was illegal and then, and uh, and they started giving out citations. So I said, you know, the first officer was polite, said, you, you know, you have to leave. And I said, I was a violation of my First Amendment rights to ask me to leave. We have a right to freedom of assembly. We have a right to free speech. And I was exercising those rights by being at the Capitol. And he said, well, this is an emergency situation. And by proclamation of the governor and the mayor that we did not have the right to be there. And I said, I said that those rights are don't supersede those proclamations don't supersede the constitution of the United States. And he said, well, you know, I'm, I'm here to give you a citation. I believe you are in violation of the laws and I'm going to give you a citation. And he gave me the citation and he was polite about it. We made a little small talk and, and I took the citation and put it in my pocket and continued to protest. And I didn't think much of it. I figured they're doing their job and I'll go to the court and protest and say, I had a right to be there and yeah. you know, it would be fine. And uh, but about maybe five minutes later, another officer approached me and gave me the same spiel. And I said, uh, I gave him the same thing. I said, no, I have a right to be here. And I explained to him about the First Amendment and right to assembly and right to free speech. And he said, uh, well, you know, you know, that doesn't count here. And we're going to you're going to get cited if you stay. And I said, I already have a citation. So. You can go on and give somebody <laughs> a citation or whatever. Go ahead and spread the wealth, man. I don't want another one. I already got one. <laughs> right? I already got my word for today. <laughs> so he tells me, and this was a major, by the way, in the HPD. And he tells me, um, well, if you already have a citation and you continue to protest, then we're going to arrest you. And I said, I said that there's no way that you have the right to arrest me. I said, that, that can't be the way that this works. This is America. I'm not. In, in not intruding on any other person's rights. I'm wearing my mask. I'm social distancing, which I was. I wasn't within six feet of any other person. And um, and uh, and I, you don't have the right to arrest me. I have a right to be here. And he said, uh, well, I do have the right to arrest you. And if you continue to stay here, then we're going to arrest you. And I said, well, then arrest me. Then you'll have to arrest me because this is a, this is a clear violation of my rights. And he grabbed me by the arm and he said to one of his mates, uh, we got another one here. And, uh, and he called over his buddies and, uh, and handed me off to them. And they proceeded to put the cuffs on and, uh, and uh, begin the booking process. <laughs> and I was back. Uh, did you fight back in any car, way or did you just, just, look, just roll car with it? Back in the car with another protester. And we were taken down to the main police headquarters and booked in for uh, I believe the charge on the ticket was emergency rules. Oh, wow. So not emergency really rules. Yeah, not really even an actual law, just kind of some something they made up. So um, you're uh, were you so you, you didn't resist at all. Any of this? You just kind of went went uh, peacefully. I, vo- I verbally resisted, but I, right. you know, I didn't, you know, try to run away or, or, or yeah. uh, physically resist the policeman. OK. And there's 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 value in that too, right? Like you you maintain your integrity and you maintain the values that you stand for when you when you do that, right? There's a, a little bit of a peaceful 
a peaceful that's, resistance. That's, you start you start fighting cops, and then it's all a whole different thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. Exactly. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be violent or get you know resisting arrest or any of that business. That would. I don't think that would vary very well. Absolutely. So, Kevin, where where do you live? Where are you from? You don't have to give me your address, but like, what neighborhood on the island do you do you, do you I come live from? In Chinatown. Okay. Okay. Right on. Yeah, I'm, where you... I'm, I'm actually the chairman of the downtown Chinatown neighborhood board. Awesome. Well, that's nice. cool. Uh, so, currently running for state senate in this district oh, wow. as well. Tell me about that. Uh, well, our current uh, state senator is Carl Rhodes, and he's a very, very far left sort of a uh, AOC, uh, Nancy Pelosi sort of a Democrat. And uh, I, uh, I am running as a Democrat, but I'm definitely more center than he is. And uh, we're just, I've been approached several times by many business leaders and other leaders in the community. And since I became the chairman of the Chinatown board, and they said, you, you really need to run against this guy. He's, he's just out of control. He does every single bill that raises tax or makes more regulations. He's for, he's for the, uh, he wants, he's part of the, the uh, carbon tax. He wants to tax our air. He wants to t- everything that, that his desk that makes it more difficult to live in Hawaii. He's for it. He, ta- yeah. he taxes our businesses. He wanted to make it a san- he had a bill to make it a sanctuary state. In last year's uh, uh, legislative legislative session, he had a bill to make it a sanctuary state. He has a bill before us to lower the blood alcohol content to 0.05, which is like uh, cough syrup. Mm. Um, he has other legislation. To oh, he has a bill before this year's legislation to decriminalize all narcotics, everything under well, I can two get on ounces. Board with that. Two ounces. <laughs> I, I can, if there's I can get on board with that. So. <laughs> I, wait a I believe there's 48 grams in an ounce. Okay. So and he wants to decriminalize all narcotics under two ounces. So that's you know that's like you could walk around with literally 500 doses of heroin or smack or cocaine or whatever you want in your pocket. And he, he wants to decriminalize it entirely. He's the head of the judiciary committee. And he, he's also, he's also the, our representative in downtown and Chinatown. And if it sounds, it sounds like he, it sounds like he's willing to do anything to maintain his position is what it sounds like. <laughs> I think that might be the case. <laughs> well, except for take care of his district, because yeah. if you've been in the downtown Chinatown district, Homelessness is rampant. We're overrun with homelessness. Yeah, right. We're overrun with drug use. We're overrun with uh, prostitution and uh, d- urination and defecation on the street corners. It, it's it, it's he, he may be willing to do anything to keep his position except for take care of his own district because yeah. it's a mess. It's a shambles and it's it's shameful to be to be sure. So was he on? I think so. You might not remember me, and that's fine if you don't. But uh, I went to um, a sit-in. We went in and sat down on the Judiciary Committee when they were hearing uh, some gun laws uh, or some gun, um, I should say, you know, bills that they were trying to get get through. Um, was he in on that? Was he one of those guys? Uh, he was. He's the. He was the chairman of that committee. Yeah. And uh, we all went into the uh, the small conference room that they were having the the uh, meeting in. Yeah, and real he, small. Um, yep. he basically read the several items on the agenda without looking up. And we had packed that little conference room. Yeah, I remember so that. So it yep. was standing room only. And he, 
he just read from his agenda and called for the votes when they were called for, didn't look up, didn't acknowledge the probably close to 100 people that were in the room specifically, never even acknowledged that we were there. And then uh, finally, when they had called for their vote, um, uh, my friend Todd, who was sort of leading our group, just said, uh, well, that's the reason that we're here. And he sort of interrupted their meeting. And, and then we all walked out and we walked over to the house uh, meetings and we sat in on that meeting as well. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's yeah, Rhodes. That. Yeah. The he's the chair of that committee that we were sitting in on. And he didn't even look up to acknowledge our presence. Yeah, that's a... Uh... That's kind of rude. <laughs> yeah, but that's how they operate. And so, and just for anybody who's listening, um, Hawaii is, you know, Kevin, we have we have a diverse audience. We have some people that listen to us from uh, all over the mainland too, not just here in Hawaii. Um, but for those of you guys who haven't been here or haven't spent a lot of time in Hawaii, Hawaii is an odd state in that if you're going to do anything politically and be taken seriously, uh, you basically have to run as a Democrat. Uh, regardless of your regardless of your position, the the, the DNC or the De the Democratic Party here has such a stranglehold of local politics um, and state politics that if there are very few people that can that can make a serious run in any any local or state election if they're not backed by the Democrats. So I suspect Kevin that that's probably part of your strategy for why you are running as a Democrat. Am I correct? Yes, that is absolutely correct. I'm definitely okay. a centrist. Truth be told, I'm probably I probably fall under the category libertarian. Whoa, that's my boy. <laughs> You're my boy, Blue. <laughs> yeah, this is a libertarian it's, variety it's, show. It, <laughs> if you go to my website, voteforkevin.com, you'll see that I'm I actually want to uh, legalize marijuana, and I don't use marijuana at all. But I, we need the tax revenue in this state. We're broke, and I think maybe a lottery would be good to help our schools as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely, you know, I'm definitely a very conservative Democrat, we'll say. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. So, um, Gumbo, do you have anything you for have, Kevin? You, Democrats do have that stranglehold that you're talking about. Yeah, they There's do. 76 yeah. members of our legislative body. I believe only three are Republicans and two of them are from Outer Island. So the Democrats really do have a stranglehold here on our state. They certainly do. Yep. So what was it like down at the uh, down at the police station? Were you treated well? Yeah, the police were all uh, they were polite and nice and they're just doing their they don't have any idea what I'm being charged for or anything. They're just processing you and they want to do it as quickly as possible. There was one guy that, you know, I, I made a little conversation with. I can't remember his name, but he was a nice guy. and He was actually sympathizing with our cause. And uh, most of the other officers there didn't really, you know, they're just putting you through the running you through the hoops or whatever it is just kind of doing their job the um the what so they did charge you then huh they charged me i had to post 250 dollars bail this was a uh, particularly upsetting to me too if i had not had bail on me i would have had to wait until monday this mm. was friday at noon and there's no judge so for exercising my first amendment rights I would have been jailed for the entire weekend. Wow. If I hadn't happened to have uh, $250 on me at the time. Bro, you rolling with $250 cash? 
<laughs> I, I'm a service person, so I work we for need, cash. Yeah, we need so to hang I, out, I, man. <laughs> hey, I, I, I hear they got some good manapua over there in the, in Chinatown. <laughs> yeah, don't tell anybody that I'll have that amount of cash. With me. I'm not. Uh, well, I mean, you're only telling everybody on the, uh, you know, on the podcast. I, <laughs> I guess do you need me to edit I'm that out? Right. I can edit I'll that out. Is that okay? down there. Yeah, I can edit that out if you want me to. No, it's fine. They all know okay. who I am in Chinatown. They generally give me a wide berth. Oh, right on. Okay, and well, not good, just because I'm fat. <laughs> <laughs> all right, dude. So, um. What else you got, man? So, so you were arrested. You're you're charged. They've made you post bail. Okay, okay. I mean, and, that, that's uh, story of the my story of the protest. Pretty much ends there. They had yeah. the 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 cop. There were there were probably uh, two hundred protesters there at the time that the police were sort of uh, unleashed at us. And uh, when I got out, the whole processing thing took about an hour and a half. And uh, the police station is only a few blocks from the Capitol. So uh, we went by it again to, uh, to see what was there. And they had, they had obviously dispersed the crowd. And, uh, and so there wasn't much left of it. Um, I, did, I did think it was interesting, though, that they weren't interested at all in that in those that weren't wearing masks or weren't practicing the social distancing rules, they were saying that the protest itself was illegal. And I was told that I was told by the officer that handcuffed me that it was a non-essential activity. And that was the reason for their, uh, being able to their, their authorization to, uh, give the citations and to make the arrests was, it wasn't, uh, you know, we were, most of us were wearing masks. I certainly was wearing a mask and I was not standing within six feet of anyone else. And I'm not sure why the major came up to me and singled me out for, uh, arrest. Maybe he felt that I would offer that I wouldn't offer much resistance. I'm not sure, but, um, but he grabbed me he, for whatever reason. He came up to me and, and, decided that I would be one of his first. I think I was probably the third person to be arrested. Everything was very peaceful while I was there before. When we got there at noon, there was about 100 people, and it grew to about 200 people. And nobody was – I didn't see any guns or any uh, any of the things that you see in some of the other states on the mainland. I was very yeah. peaceful, just shouting and waving at the cars. Lots of cars were driving by with signs as well. And it was a very peaceful, very, I was proud to be a part of it for sure. Yeah. I thought, I thought uh, I was telling Gumbo about that. I was there too. And, and, and crypto, you know, crypto Gumbo wasn't, wasn't available, but um, I was saying the same thing. It was pretty, it was pretty peaceful. You know, most of these rallies, if you've been to a few of them, they're kind of, they're kind of weird, right? It's, you know, it's a yeah, little bit of a, a sure. Yeah, and there were, and some, just no exception. Yeah. There were one or two yeah. kind of you know, really emphatic people jumping up and down and, and uh, and just causing a, getting a lot of attention for themselves, yeah. but for the most part, a lot of American flags, a lot of people wearing flag uh, apparel. Uh, so a lot, there were some uh, Trump supporters there, uh, but you know it doesn't matter. You know this wasn't about that. This was a you know people. Here's the thing that I got from it as well is people are afraid. People are really afraid. This today rent was due yesterday. The second rent since yeah. we've been on lockdown, yeah. April 1st, 
what rent was due and people hadn't been able to work for two weeks on April 1st. Now it's been seven weeks or two and a half or a month and a half. People haven't been able to work and their rent was due yesterday. And they're telling us, particularly service industry people, of which I am a member of that uh, group of people, that we're not going to be back to work until June 1st, which means our paychecks won't come until the middle of June. Yeah. And yeah, uh, landlords, rough, aren't, uh, landlords aren't forgiving rent. A big part of my platform as well, with uh, the reason that I was there yesterday, was was more, I mean, I want us to go back to work, and I'm not sure how I feel about the lockdown. But I believe that if you're going to prevent these people from working and earning a paycheck, that you also need to send that up the chain. So there should be rent forgiveness and there should be mortgage forgiveness. My, my landlord and, if, and my business landlord should have to, have to forgive my rent for that month. And if those people have mortgages on those properties, then their mortgage bank should have to, I mean, they don't have to, the mortgage bank doesn't have to uh, pretend that they pay, made that payment, but they can tack it on to the end of the contract for as long yeah. as they're yeah. not able to collect the rent for that period of time. And that was, that's my main platform as far as this lockdown goes. I don't know if I agree or not with whether or not we should be locked down, but as long as we are, and the people, the most vulnerable people of our community, the paycheck to paycheck people, are not being allowed to earn their living, which they want to be able to do, as long as they're not being allowed to do that, then you can't allow those people that make their money off of them to earn their com incomes either. So no. the rent should be forgiven and morg any mortgages. If my landlord has a mortgage on my, uh, on my unit, then his mortgage should be forgiven until we're allowed to go back to work. Uh, I, 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 I'll tell you what, uh, that's an interesting topic because, I mean, think about young families that are, and that are trying to build their careers, that are, that, are, that are starting out, and then this thing happens, and all of a sudden, they, they don't have the income to pay their bills. I mean, of course, how would you feel? I mean, there's a lot of people going through that, and yeah. it's... There's, there's, uh, there's plenty of data out there, too. Um, you know, when it comes to people who who lose their job. In fact, there was a study conducted in 2012 by uh, the National Center for Biotechnical Information. Um, the study basically claims, it specifically claims that unemployed Americans face 140% increase, the, the unemployed Americans face a 140% increased chance of dying. And, uh, you know, a lot of the, you know, that's a pretty bold statement, right? So, um, and where they get that information is these people don't have jobs, they don't have money, they don't have food, they don't have health insurance, they can't pay rent, they're out on the streets, right? All these things. And um, that all adds up to 140% chance of, of an increased chance of dying. Now, Drexel University released an article in 2014 that confirmed um, that job losses associated with a 73% chance increase in or increased chance in death right so a little bit different numbers basically twice half and and you know whatever um but they're saying that that's an equivalent of adding 10 years to a person's age this is of course statistically speaking when you talk about statistics there's always generalities right you know so there's outliers that that, that are you know it's it's a statistic so take it with a grain of salt but you know those are those who are saying that we should stay locked down because of 
fear of death and illness. Well, it shows right here, and and much to the, the things that you're talking about, Kevin, is people who are laid off, people who are without work. They're putting them. They're putting their lives on the line in a much different way. Maybe they don't catch coronavirus, but you know, maybe they're out on the streets, and it's a whole different kind of life. You know. And well, I'm it's, sorry it's, that, already, it's, uh, it's already hard enough to exist yeah. and survive in, in a place that's expensive as Hawaii, you know? I mean, and then, yeah. and then you can't go to work? <laughs> Why? Yeah. Highest thoughts of living in the country. It's yeah. already hard. You're right. Yeah. And, with, yeah, and, and you know, just to elaborate a little bit further on that, the, the, you know, the governor came and he said that they're, they're not going to allow any evictions until uh, – until June 1st now. They're not going to allow any evictions to happen in that time. But when June 1st comes or whenever they decide to let us go back to work, they're not forgiving those payments. So landlords are going to be saying, hey, you owe for three months rent or or however long it is. They're going to be saying, so sure, they're not going to evict us during uh, during the emergency. But as soon as that's over, they're not saying anything about landlords demanding three months rent or more because we're the service industry restaurants and movie theaters and those kinds of things aren't going back to work until June 1st and they won't get their first paychecks until the middle of June. And there's no, yeah, you know, how are you going to tell these people they owe three months back rent? Yeah. Yeah. They haven't been working. So the the other thing is how did he, how did he say he was going to enforce that? Right. How did he say that he was going to solve that? And I, from what I've seen, is they don't have a solution. They're they're just making these edicts, these proclamations that that are that are affecting very you know everyday regular people's lives. I mean these these are not ruling class people. Um, these are like you said, this is the service sector, and most of our most of our economy in Hawaii is service sector. When you have a tourism industry, that's what it is. We are a service mm-hmm. sector industry, and uh, you know you've shut us down. So how's he going to prevent that? How's he going to prevent people from being evicted? You know, when when the rent is due, yeah. when three pat three months rent is due, and they don't have it, you know. Yeah, what's his plan? How can he go in and say that? Right? Where? Yeah. Wh- what's he going to do to yeah, exactly? It's going to be crazy. Even, then, even well, when they let they us back, we're right. certainly not going to be a hunt. It's not like flipping a switch and all of a sudden it's no. back on again either. You know, so this heard- is going to take a long time for people to start going out again you know, in the community. And that's what the, we do here in Hawaii. So yeah, it's free, a, free. a long time for us to recover. And Hawaii exactly. is going to be forever changed by this recklessness. Now well, it's I'm, gonna, I'm not, it's gonna change it's gonna change people whether I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So it's gonna change whether or not people go into the service industry, right? Uh people are gonna remember this, right? And they're gonna be like, if we're gonna be this vulnerable every time there's a bad a bad virus that comes out. Maybe I don't want to open that lay stand. Maybe I don't want to start that family luau, right? Like maybe I don't want to do that kind of a business because I know it's going to get shut down and I'm going to be on the streets. So it's going to change the way people think about um, what what we can do for for revenue, for income, right? And the other thing that a lot of these people don't understand, these, these, these elected officials, and you can tell they're stupid when they think like this, uh, a market economy is not a Ferrari, right? We talk about how fast the free market is, but the reality is it's really not that fast. It takes a lot of effort and energy to get a market economy rolling, and it takes a lot of effort and energy to stop it. So it's much more like, a, I've heard it said before, I can't, who'd I hear it from? I can't remember who said it, but it's much more like a, uh, like a, like a freight train. Once it gets going, there's a lot of steam behind it, there's a lot of inertia behind it, and you can move mountains with it. But once you stop it, man, it's hard to get it going again, you know? And uh, 
They've, exactly. they've done that to they've done that to our sure. they've done that to our economy here. They've shut us down, and it's going to take a lot of work to get it back up. And you know, people are going to think, man, maybe I don't need to go into the hotel industry. Maybe I don't need to go into the tourism industry. So you're going to have a shortage of employees. They're going to be looking for other industries that that you know what what is now quote unquote essential, right? And uh, I was talking to my barber the other day. Who, oh by the way, I did had another black market haircut, ladies and gentlemen. I went and got my haircut. Yes, I did. Cash money in a carport in Honolulu, and uh, you say, know I like how it comes in. I like how your hair comes in Raiders colors. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, it is. It's Raiders it's colors, baby. <laughs> but I was talking to her, and she and she was she was saying, you know, how do you who gets to decide who's essential and who isn't? My job is essential to me. That's what she was saying, and and absolutely, her job is essential to her, which is why she's still cutting hair now, you know. So. I think we'll see a lot more of this. The the government, I don't think they understand, is they're creating a market for all these black market things um, that they're trying to stop. You know, they're going to open up black market opportunities, and and nobody wants to be under the table if they can avoid it. But man, you got to feed kids, you got to pay rent, you're going to do what you got to do. You know, yeah. whole thing. That's one of the things that I said to the police as they were arresting me, and I was making small talk with them. I'm saying, you know, it's nice that you have a job and you're yes. getting paid. And- you're, you know, that's nice that you're doing this, but these people here are afraid. And what you just said, I heard a great analogy. Uh, it might've been earlier this morning. Somebody said, you know, all those people that are still having jobs, but this, a lot of people don't have jobs. They say, we're all, we may all be trying to weather the same storm, but we're not all in the same boat. Correct. Mm. Yeah. Correct. And, and there's a lot of people that are really suffering and a lot of people are really afraid. And yeah. we have a right to say that. Yeah. And we went down to the Capitol yesterday to express that. And one of our most basic, most sacred rights as Americans was taken away from us. Yeah. How many and people were arrested? I, I heard the official well, count was three arrests. Three. There were three. But I, I, I and some other friends of mine counted at least six. And they yeah. also said 10 citations were given out. And we counted more than 20 citations given out. Now, they may have given citations out for other reasons or something like that. And so they were able to say they were able to maybe manipulate the numbers a little bit. But the paper said three and 10, but it was much more than that. Yeah, I, I saw the official numbers. Yeah. And, and I was thinking that they were much higher than and what I what I observed was much higher. Did you see the lady get arrested? I can't remember her name. Um yeah, they the had one her with in the handcuffs. Yeah, they speaker, had her in handcuffs. Yeah. yeah, they took four cops to get her in the truck or in the in the back of the car. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just uh, I was pretty disgusted with the whole with the whole thing yesterday. I I came into it hopeful and and left thinking to myself, they the state certainly showed us who they are today. Uh, yeah. They 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 showed us That's who the they're violent. Yeah. Disgusting. Disgusting is the right word. People they fought. Our Revolutionary War was fought. The War of eighteen twelve. Civil War were fought for us to have freedom. The First Amendment in our Bill of Rights is the freedom of speech and the right yeah. to assembly. And it was just taken away like so much uh, used PPE. You know, it was just discarded and trampled on with no regard for what makes this country great. And the, it's the very First Amendment. Yeah. And it was completely ignored. I'm going to read it. Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people peace I'm sorry I screwed that up 
or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances, which is exactly what we're trying to do. You know, uh, exactly. peaceably assemble and petition the government for our grievances. Like, that's exactly what it's for. And the Gestapo showed up and put a stop to it, you know? I don't know. I don't know what else to say about that, Kevin. Did you have anything no, you wanted to add? That's it. I mean, that sums it up perfectly. That's yeah. the First Amendment and our United States Constitution preempts any state law, any local law. The United States Constitution comes first. And it clear what you just read is our First Amendment in the Bill of Rights, and it should supersede that. And and it was just taken away like so much garbage. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was. So hey, um, we're gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and and uh, and, and wrap this up at this segment here. I appreciate you coming on, and and I told you it'd only be a few minutes, but it's been a good thirty minutes or so where we've been, <laughs> we've been talking. So um, I want to give you a chance to uh, to uh, go ahead and just plug whatever you got if you want to plug your facebook account or if you're active on any other social media platform or if they if they can anybody can find you anywhere and maybe somebody wants to help you support your your run for office uh, i want to give you an opportunity to plug all that if, you, if you've got some stuff you want to get out there sure all right well my name is kevin mcdonald my nickname is shadow you can find me on facebook on facebook facebook <laughs> space force um, <laughs> facebook twitter instagram uh, we have a website, voteforkevin.com. Uh, I have a Facebook page, Friends of Kevin McDonald, and I'm running for Senate in District 13. I'm running as a Democrat, so you have to vote in the Democratic primary, which is August 8th. So okay. please vote for me, Kevin Shadow McDonald, in the Democratic primary on August 8th. And you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Kevin Shadow McDonald. Or voteforkevin.com is my website. Thank you very much. Right on, buddy. Hey, thank you so much. I I, I appreciate you uh, you you're coming on the call with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. All right. Okay. Bye bye. Hello. Bye bye. Take care, buddy. Aloha. Aloha. Okay. So hey, guys. Um, Gumbo, I wanted to go over a few numbers with you before we wrap this up and uh these for anybody who's listening of course these numbers are indicative of what we're looking at here in hawaii but from what i've observed our numbers pretty much follow the rest of the country with the exception of the new york city area those people are getting hit pretty hard but we expect um i think we're uh so total co total coronavirus covid19 cases in the state is 619. This is all of this information is according to the Hawaii Department of Health as of yesterday. Um, so as of this morning, basically as a close of business yesterday, 619 cases in Hawaii for a total population. Our population is 1.412 million people. Okay. Um, that's our entire state. So the percentage of our population that has been admitted or has been reported cases of, of coronavirus is 0.0438%. So not even, not even five one hundredths of a percent. Okay. You guys get that? There's a okay, lot so, happening just for that small percentage. Yeah. 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 So Oahu, this is Honolulu County. This is where Gumbo and I live. 
total cases, a nice round number of 400. I don't know how it came to exactly 400, but it did. Uh, total cases. Our total population, 953,000 people. So not just, just shy of a million people on this rock. Percentage of population, 0.0420% of the population okay, has, has reported positive coronavirus. So deaths, and this is the one that everybody freaks out about, okay? And, and rightly so, let's be honest, like, you know, I mean... Death isn't good. Nobody likes to see good. that. We don't, we don't want it. We don't want it. We, I'm, not, I'm not, you know, cheering on death, right? I don't want to, that's, that's a horrible thing. But total deaths in the state are 19. 19 people out of 1.4 million people, okay? So, this, so in our state, we have a total... Uh, we have a fatality rate of 3.07%. Okay, so roughly 97% survivable. If you're, so, if you, so, if you so get, let me you ask wanna... you, would it, would it make me a conspiracy theorist if I said that of those total 19 deaths, if maybe they didn't actually pass away or die because of COVID-19, but it could be implications or complications because of COVID-19? Does that make me sound crazy? Am I, no. Do I have tinfoil in my head no. to think that? No, it's not. And it's been confirmed in the media, right? So uh, the Foundation for Economic Education released an article on Wednesday that states hospitals are pressuring ER docs uh, to list COVID-19 on death certificates. So there's a whole article on here. I'll post the link in the, uh, in the show notes. But uh, the, the Foundation for Economic Education, that's FEE, um, they released an article on Wednesday that states exactly that, that uh, the people are being pressured to put COVID-19 on death certificates, even if it might be some other things. So there's other stuff going on here, right? So, yeah. um, you know, and then so so our fatality rate is, is, is 3%, which means, you know, inversely, our survivability rate is 97%. If you, if you do come down with coronavirus, you've got a 97% chance of surviving it. And everything that we've all heard, and we all know this, we're, we're, we're repeating it over and over again, but it, it bears repeating because I don't think it's getting through to a lot of people. And this is not to cheapen life. I don't mean it like that. But these people are not dying from the coronavirus in general. What they're dying from is their, you know, pulmonary disease or their immunodeficiency. Pre-existing. Yeah, pre-existing pre condition that is that is being uh, complicated by the coronavirus, right? So um, here's a kicker I want you guys to understand. So for the percentage of population, those 19 deaths for a state of 1.4 million people. That's a percentage of population of 0.0013%. Okay, that's one one thousandth of a percent. We're locking up the state economy for one one thousandth of a percent. Now, national cases are different, of course, bigger because we have a 330 million people in the, in the entire country. All the numbers track along these same lines. Okay, all the numbers track. They're just bigger numbers, but percentage-wise, they all track along the same lines. Yeah. Okay, percentage of population one point one eight nine percent. Okay, I'm sorry, zero zero point zero one eight nine percent. I might have said that wrong. So, I want to share something with you by comparison. Okay, in Hawaii, our um, well, I'm not ready to share a comparison. So here we are, just just some numbers. Our two-week rolling average. For new cases in the state for the last two weeks, our rolling average is 4.7 cases per day. Okay, now 
on April 18th, that was the last time we had double-digit cases. There were 21 cases on April 18th, which just so happens to be 14 days ago exactly, so it kind of skews the numbers. So if we adjust that, if we adjust that calculation to remove April 18th, um, our two-week rolling average is 3.21 new cases per day. Our one-week rolling average is 2.5 rolling our 2.5 new cases per day. So we're flattening the curve better uh, than we have been. Our last two weeks, we've, we've been down to single-digit cases with a couple of ones and twos in there too. So um, we're beating this. The numbers aren't high already as it is, and they want to continue the lockdown at the state. It doesn't make any sense. Mathematically, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. There are 200 here. So I, I'm going to, I'm sorry to do this to everybody if you guys don't like numbers, but I feel like this is important. So listen in. There are 227 million drivers in America. These are licensed drivers. There are 1.25 million deaths per year affiliated with vehicles. So 1.25 million vehicle deaths per year. At that rate, I'm sorry, at, at this current coronavirus rate, for COVID-19 deaths to match the annual vehicle deaths, we'd have to have coronavirus going like this for the next 3.3 years. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying when I say that? Like at this rate nationally, it would take 3.3 years for the coronavirus deaths to equal one year of driving deaths. We're still driving. So, yeah, yeah, everybody's still, still driving. driving. Like, we're still driving, right? Like, the economic impact, people don't understand, the, ec the economy is the lifeblood of, of, a, of, a, of a nation, right? That economy is what feeds people and what feeds, what, what keeps people rolling. Keep, you know, you pay rent and feed kids because of the economy. And we're shutting down the economy for something that we, we didn't shut down cars for. And we, by all rights, looking at the numbers, we should have shut down cars. We shouldn't, nobody should be driving right now. I mean, how many people are contracting COVID-19 from vehicle to vehicle? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So I flooded you guys. I flooded you guys with some with some numbers oh, that maybe numbers. Yeah, with, with, that maybe uh, you know, slow it down, re-listen to it. I'm sorry, this is the boring part of the show, but listen, the numbers simply don't support it, and and the numbers don't support it. it would take three over three years for you to for you to reach the value of, of, of deaths that we get per year in, 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 uh, in automobiles. So I don't know, man. Um, oh, here's another one. Maybe you don't care, but, uh, same, same foundation for economic education also released an article on Thursday. Uh, now the world health organization, boo, the world health organization. Yeah. Well now oh. they're praise. Yeah. <laughs> boo that man. Now they're praising Sweden, calling them a potential model for, battling COVID-19. So I sure wish the World Health Organization would make up their mind. I'm not saying this because I'm. Uh, this is not an endorsement of the WHO or the CDC or the Hawaii Department of Health for that matter. All the, I'm just saying this because these are all government agencies and these are their numbers. And by their own numbers... It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, man, I don't know what to tell you. It's... Uh, uh, this. How many times are we going to beat that dead horse? I mean, oh, it's I starting to—it's decaying in the street, man. There's nothing left of the horse. <laughs> it's, it's, the poor horse is gone. It's gone. What do we got to do here? Oh. So let's. Hey, I want to. 
Do you have anything for me? You got or you got anything to add to this? I think we're pretty much wrapping it up. What do you think? Yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe I sound crazy, but from the get go, it didn't it didn't pass the smell test. I don't think this COVID nineteen thing is what they're making it out to be. Call me crazy or stupid for it, because I'm definitely hearing it. But uh, I wasn't scared one bit. The only time I was scared was in the beginning. And I was like, "Whoa, this could be serious." And then as I, I'm as I'm riding this wave, I realize, "Wait a minute, this kind of smells like that whole missile thing a few years ago." Freaking <laughs> thick, not real, overbloated garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Who you're am right. I? Uh, well, you're you're smart enough to figure it out. So am I. Um. What, so who I really feel sorry for are the people who have, who have, uh, they just believe what they're told, man. But I always feel that way. Um, you got to look things up. You got to do your independent research. It's unfortunate you can't trust the media or the government. But let's be honest, it's the media and the government. When was the last time you could trust them? Um, so, hey, do you want to talk a little bit about the, uh, the frat or what? Yeah, dude, we have to. Of course. What's wrong with yeah, you? Yeah, we need to. Yeah, no, I know we need to. Um so we let it go last week. We, 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 we meant to bring it up and we, and we dropped the ball, but um, what is frat? We're unshackled. Liberty has just been added to a frat. What does frat mean? Do we come up with, do we know what that means? Um, so I, I guess it's an acronym and there, there's several different ways you can reiterate it, but <laughs> I don't know. Do, do you have a acronym for frat I, that we're part of it now? <laughs> I thought you had one, dude. <laughs> well, I, I did come up with one, but I don't know how it's going to... I don't know if don't everybody's going to like it. Futuristic rectum anal treatment? That, <laughs> would that be good? I, it would not be good. It would be futuristic, though. It's, <laughs> we're willing to sacrifice our freedoms for something in the future for technology. Why not? That's what we're doing right now, apparently. So that's, that's the frat. So what it is really is it's a group of, of, of like-minded uh, podcasts and these are all, these are right libertarian podcasts. Um, and uh, so it's a group of us that are, we're pro market, pro private property. Um, basically we're demonstrating that we are actual libertarians and, and, uh, um, and so yeah, just being a boog boy with a gun isn't enough, right? There's, 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 there's some principles here. So that's who we are. And um the list of these shows I want to list them here is we have we have Burning Boots podcast, good dudes, yeah. punk rock liber- punk rock libertarians, dissecting liberty, anarchy Ooh. proper, uh. the gaslight hour, Sean versus the planet, the dose, erase the state, no real libertarian. You should listen to that guy; he's got a funny voice. And then Trent must talk, and then of course your favorite one, unshackled liberty. So that's the. Uh, that's the frat. And of course, we have an honorable mention. This guy doesn't have a podcast yet, but he's probably going to soon because he's hilarious. You guys remember Quincy Johnson? Was that BBW? Oh, yeah. oh, oh Quincy, BB, baby. Yeah. BBW lover, whatever his, whatever his Twitter <laughs> handle is. That dude he's is cool, hilarious. So he's going to have a show soon. So we get, we got, we, we, uh, he's included in this as well. So that's the frat, guys. So I encourage you guys to listen to all of those shows, plus them up. Also, Unshackled Liberty has been added to what was that? The Liberty Podcast Ranker. So if you so. want to, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, go go on to that website, Liberty Podcast Ranker. Give us a vote, bump us up in the in the uh, in the in the standings, and uh, we just recently got added to that. And we'll bump of course, us down, I guess, if you want to do that, but don't do yeah, that. Don't, don't be a jerk. <laughs> oh, and, and, and all the dudes in the frat, 
I haven't listened to every podcast yet, and shame on me for that, but I will. I'm, I'm following it all on Spotify, everything that I can find. You know, you got to go in and individually find it. And, but all the guys that, that I talk to, uh, that we talk to, Q and I, they're all super cool. They're all good dudes. And uh, some of them are out there. Some of them aren't. Some of them are <laughs> laid back. Some of them are very hyperactive. But the, they're, they're cool. They're cool. I dig those yeah, guys. I think y'all will, You'll, too. Check out their podcast. Yeah, if you like our show, you'll like theirs. That's a fact. And uh, and if you like their show, you'll like ours. So you know, but you're already listening to ours. So there's that. Um, so that's what I got, man. So yeah, anything else, Gumbo? Put a fork in me, Bribby. I'm done. Alrighty. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the show. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, I'm at Q underscore Abolitionist. My co-host is at Crypto Gumbo, and our show page is at unshackled underscore L. Uh, if you like the content that we're creating and would like to help us make more, you can support us at anchor.fm slash unshackled liberty or patreon.com slash unshackled liberty. Thank you for your time. Every little bit helps. And remember, freedom does not require permission. Thank you.